Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 195, episode 2 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Listen Free TDZ, hosted by me, Jack O'B. That is courtesy of Grand Rapidians Play Video Games. Uh, is their Twitter handle. I believe you, bro. I believe people everywhere play video games. I am thrilled to be joined by today's special guest co-host, the brilliant and talented writer and podcast producer, Joelle Monique! Bring it on! A.K.A. the Marvel Defender. A.K.A. <laughs> Big Sexy. I'm here. I'm back. What's up, wow. y'all? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. The the Marvel fans were super appreciative of your last appearance on the show. Y'all really came out of the woodwork. It was beautiful. I love you. It's good to be seen and heard. There's no new Marvel news to spread today, so sorry. I'll just be here. There's personal, Marvel no- There's personal Marvel news in that I watched episode one of Loki, and it's very good. So okay, wait. I watched that last night. And Did you love it? I did love it. I thought it was really so cool. Good. And unlike really any well any Marvel thing I've seen and unlike any TV show I've seen. It's very cool. <laughs> it's very unique. Very unique. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by one of the funniest stand-up comedians in the world, Marcella Arguello! Marcella Arguello, a.k.a. Bitch Hedberg, a.k.a. Bitchy O'Donnell, a.k.a. Bitch Pryor. What's yeah. good? What's good? How are What's you? Good? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I can believe it, too. Are y'all watching any Olympics? How, how are you dealing with... Uh, or... No. I'm, I'm boycotting the Olympics this year, as painful as it is. I really I like watching excellence you know what I mean like it's cool to just mm. be like mm. like even in sports where you've like never heard of them I would normally be like this is boring it's like, you're like this is the best in the world going at it that's yeah. like my draw to the Olympics but y'all are out of pocket for 27 different reasons and they can no longer be mm-hmm. ignored like the 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 wildness of just coming in and destroying communities the wildness of having an event globally while there is a global pandemic happening right now it's super wild ridiculous the the blatant racism across multiple the transphobia like the list just goes on and so mm. i can no longer give mm. it like my advertising dollar support but you know if a clip pops up on twitter i'm probably gonna watch it yeah mm-hmm. i'm i'm monitoring mm-hmm. it through twitter monitoring yeah. it like yeah. it's my yeah. job yeah. or something <laughs> but you know vaguely vaguely entertaining and i do feel like the news cycle just the second it started the second the event started everyone just shut the fuck up about covid <laughs> they were just like well i guess yeah. we're doing it moving on yeah, I don't like sports, so I don't give a fuck. There you go. Well, that's probably a much healthier attitude to have towards sports than uh, living and dying and thinking that a hat you're wearing is lucky and determines whether mm-hmm. your team wins or loses. I mean, you talking about yourself, bro? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I did see a clip on Twitter of some designer, black designer, that designed a bunch of shit. And it was just a fucking fine-ass athlete in booty shorts, and his booty was out. And I was like, see, this is what we need. We need to have this in the Olympics, and then I'll I've watch. I've been saying you know? forever, Marcella, bring the booty short back to the NBA, oh. okay? If you want more oh, fans, girl. this is where it starts. So you're speaking That's my language. Legs. That's my shit. Butts. Let's go. <laughs> 
I was watching a basketball with a comedian David Bory, and he was like, "Man, that dude's haircut is whack." And I was like, "What?" And then he was like, "That look number whatever." I was like, "Oh, I literally never looked above his neck. I was looking at his body the whole time." And I was like, "Yeah, he does have a goofy haircut." Now that you mention it, yeah. I can't. There's no reason. There's a player, Jordan Poole, who plays for Golden State. And I like ever since he was like a really good player at Michigan, he's always had the booty shorts and is just like unapologetically <sighs> rock, look rocking up. them. It's a great look. Um, and it is a great look. Man, yeah. either thighs out at all times. You guys are so stupid. Yes. You got them, flaunt them, show it off, too. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked before about how like it's a slippery slope because you, I've, uh, you know, if never. your dick is too big, it hangs out of the shorts. Is that what exactly. you're going to say? Thank Jeez, you, Jack. Michelle. Come on, you're always bragging. <laughs> always bragging. No, because like I, the sun has never touched my thighs, and so mm. therefore they are just. But that's like, it's a the cycle. Palest. It's a cycle, I Jack. I just need to break the cycle, but it takes. You need bravery. to break the cycle. It takes, yeah. yeah, your ankles are getting darker and darker. <laughs> yeah, there you go, you bronzer. Yeah, they got tanning. Bake. They got yeah. tanning oil that has bronzer in it. Just with my Bro, shorts come pulled, on. hiked up in my backyard on a... Uh, yeah. on oh, my sun. God. Why? <laughs> don't, put, don't, don't put that image in my mind. I know. And then, like, some <laughs> helicopters are going to crash because of the just blazing light that's coming off of my thighs. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm at my... I'm at my um, my mother's office and there's a I don't know if you guys can see it but there's a picture oh, my wow. dad's wearing his booty shorts come on dad garden. yes can you see it <laughs> yeah I can. so strong I just dropped the uh, <laughs> battery <laughs> but you saw that yeah yes yeah. I'm gonna go plug my computer dad's back in Hold it. It. inspirational <laughs> now looking around at mom's office like yeah this feels like a mom's office mm-hmm. there's some kids paintings we've got nice ribbons they look good. <laughs> Somebody won some stuff. Were you guys talking shit about me? I yeah. knew I it. <laughs> I was up. I was talking up your mom's office. How dope it looks. Oh yeah, it's really great. It was my dad's <laughs> office. Then he died, and so it's hers now. So it's pretty sick. Mom's got to take over. Expand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Marcella. We are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about whether it is time to go on the offensive against anti-vaxxers. We're going to talk about the future of racist policing because it is here. We got ShotSpotter. We got a Florida police program where they're like using some weird like pre-crime thing, except without the precogs and with racism. We'll talk about uh, fast food and retail workers quitting their jobs and just another look at that. We'll talk about five kids under the age of 10 who accidentally ate a bunch of edibles. And we will look into the background on all those like videos where people are making like spaghetti pie or like making spaghetti on their kitchen counter because they all are made by the same dude, a magician. And I just want to dig in on like how that how that whole thing came about. We'll talk about all of that, plenty more. But first, Marcella, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? The last thing I searched um, is the fucking package I'm waiting for. Like, <laughs> this shit will not update. I hate the USPS or whoever your package is through not updating that shit. You mm. got the barcode. Update me. Is it going to get here before I leave the town? I need to know. Mm. Uh, that's the last thing. I'm like, that's. I went to look at like my 
my Google history and it was like every other thing, every other thing, <laughs> like it opened a new tab every time you, you know, you, oh my God. And it was like literally six of me searching my package. And so just waiting for these sunglasses to show up. That's literally it. That's the only thing on my mind right now is me going to New York for two weeks and I'm so excited. And I oh, just hell yeah. They say no. The sunglasses say no. And oh, they're sick. <laughs> like on the bring that. on the lenses, they they have the lenses a, are an N an and an, an, an O. Perfect. That's they're, fucking dope. They're the best. And I'm just like dying for them to show up so I can bring that negative attitude to New York. <laughs> to New the York. attitude that New York deserves. Absolutely. You know, bringing them to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Reflect it back, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing in New York? Are you doing any stand-up? Oh, I'm headlining the Bell House July 31st. Yes. Saturday, actually. Damn. Yes, this Saturday I'll be headlining the Bell House. I'm so excited. I haven't been to New York since 2019. I haven't performed there that since then, and I'm just, like, so fucking pumped. And um, would love if the Daily Zeitgeist listeners came. I know some of you Yo. hate me, but something tells me the New York listeners fucking love me. Yeah. So come out. New York listeners definitely fuck with you. The, yeah, we, they definitely fuck with me. We had a show in Brooklyn and the listeners came out mm. and there was definitely like, you know, the, we had a couple come up on stage. There was definitely like some what? good energy there. Some good oh, energy really? that I feel Wait, like what did, would what go. What happened when they come on stage? Uh, so we just like had a sort of interactive part where they had to take a quiz. The show oh, is God, about yes. the year 2000 so or dorks. Okay. And we we just like to like insert school as much as possible into anything. Like so, these are people going out having some drinks, and we're like, let's let's do something school like. (laughs) Let's do heads up, seven up, and then quiz them on it. (laughs) Oh my god! Heads up, seven up would be such a great live show vibe. (laughs) Heads up, seven up. (laughs) I need absolute silence. (laughs) <laughs> We're on a rainy day schedule, New York. Now get in here and yeah. do this yes. quiz. That's funny. What? Um, I think this is kind of like a cliched thing for stand-ups to talk about. But like, what? What do you feel like the difference is between LA and New York crowds? Well, it's interesting because now New York is so heavily gentrified that <laughs> you can't really tell the difference anymore. Yeah. So sometimes some of the shows can be kind of whack because you get those like overly sensitive gentrifying types that are like you know they wear the black lives matter pin but pin but they you know they they kick some people out of their homes and they don't even realize that they're part of the problem you know that that type of liberal Mm. which is like they're not the best audience to have in comedy but in the past like maybe whatever might even like three as soon as three four years ago the audiences in new york they're fucking buck wild they cannot be offended they don't give a fuck (laughs) and it's the best and i i implore those people please come to my show on saturday because y'all are the fucking best like real deal new yorkers or people who have lived in new york long enough that they have the mentality of a new yorker but not these like newer gentrifiers they're the fucking worst and they're that's how the la comedy scene is where it's like people who are two cent you know the other thing about la People go because they know celebrities are usually at the comedy clubs because they are like not just on stage. But I remember one time Drake was at the comedy store, like watching a comedy show in this <laughs> big ass room in the main room. And and it was a black show, you know, like he went there because he wanted to see good ass black comics do good ass black comedy. And that's just good comedy. Let me just make sure to clarify that. I don't want anybody <laughs> talking no shit about the way I work things. But like the second somebody pointed him out, that was it for the show. 
everyone just like got up and was trying to see him, wanted to take pictures. Right. And it was like, why, why would you mention him he being here? Like that ruins the show for the comics. But it's also like so common. And then sometimes like at the Laugh Factory, they get so many celebrities that come hang out that people are kind of used to it. They don't even give a fuck. So it, it goes both ways sometimes. But the celebrity in the audience and on stage can be kind of distracting in L.A. But in New York, you don't see that. Like they... Thing I like about New York audiences is they love a grimy comic. You know, like when they're a good comedy mm. audience, they fucking love weirdo shit, experimental shit. You can put any style of comic on stage and they love it. That's not true for LA, California in general. Mm. Yeah. I my favorite kind of stand up comedy is watching Drake watch a stand up comedy show. That's my that's <laughs> that, my that seems like you stand up experience. Yeah. Yeah, that seems Just, like it, you. it needs to be filtered through through Drake. Uh, I all mean, my, can you imagine like looking at what Drake laughs at? Oh my god, Drake laughed at that joke. <laughs> that makes it really funny. You know, the hoes are in full effect. Yeah. <laughs> so much pressure on Drake to like, I don't know, that that would feel weird to be like watching people. I feel like he likes watching a thing. He, I feel like he likes that shit. I feel like he likes that. You a guys lot. leave Drake alone. I don't That's think he nice. wants to be left alone. I think he loves that goofy attention. Right. He's the goofiest. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm picturing myself being like having people watch me and see like whether I am laughing at something. And that's definitely me and Drake have a lot in common. I'm always uh, shocked I, I when you say. laugh out loud at something I say. Like when you laugh, I'm just like, oh, my God, I have to look at him laugh because he never laughs. That's uh, what I I'm that's a, what I miss I'm about being laugher. in studio. No, you're not. You're not a big laugher. I'm a comedian. I, I can I'm tell you a, right now you're not a big laugher. You go like this. You go like this. You go. You go. <laughs> that's what you do. There it is. I made him laugh, but I made him laugh about himself. That's just the narcissism. I don't even think that was that yeah. funny. Yeah. You can just say anything about me and it'll That's it'll get true. a big reaction. Jack has a huge dick. <laughs> Look, it made him laugh. Damn it. <laughs> this is, you, you found you're supposed my... to say it's funny because it's true, but we all know the truth. Come on. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? You know what's funny? Last time I was on, a big controversy because I really shit on the overrated, underrated thing. So mm -hmm. I wasn't going to do it again. But then I did a search in my notes app for the Daily Zeitgeist, and I found an old one. I guess I had prepared. Okay. It said, it said things the next time I'm on Daily Zeitgeist. So this is from like, I don't know, sometime in 2020. Underrated, making new friends over 35. Overrated. Ooh. Overrated is staying friends with people because you want to be the bigger person. I want to encourage your listeners to end friendships once in a friendship <laughs> with someone. You make mutual friends. I don't know. But I'm just saying, I just don't like when people stay friends with people that are shitbags or they treat you bad and they're just like, well, I've known yeah. them for 15 years. I don't give a fuck how long you've known that person. If they treat you bad, end that shit. And if you, because yeah. the other thing is, you can also come back to the friendship because you're giving them time to change and mm, if they choose not mm. to change you don't stay friends with them anymore space you know because i've definitely I've, underrated yes so i i think we should be making new friends over the age of 35 as often as possible as often as possible and that could mean once a year whatever but like right i love people that make an effort to make new friends because you should make new friends you should make new friends period do you have a method for making, and this isn't for me because I have like so many friends, and, like I'm constantly <laughs> making new friends, but like, do you have a method like where you go to make, make new friends? Is it usually like at work? Jack, that like, is the saddest question I've ever. No, I like, I totally have, like, I don't even have room for new <laughs> adult friends uh, in my life. Like, 
No, but I, I have heard this before, not just in my own life, that it's hard to make like meet new friends and like make new friends well, over a, a really easy age. way to make new friends is making friends with your friends friends you know that the, right. the friend that they always talk about I always hang out with this person you just have to be like you know what next time you're hanging out with that person invite me because sometimes people and some people are weird about that about crossing that line I'm not I love blending my homegirls from different you know cities and backgrounds and, and jobs and because uh, I think a, a good group of friends is friends that are you know have different eclectic backgrounds and um that's a easy way to do it right but of course that means that you have to have friends to do that so if you don't have that jack then you have to just get (laughs) out there make friends i like to keep my eyes open at all times i mean i've made friends with my own fans over the years because i'm just like this chick is cool as fuck it's usually women it's not men i just want to make that very fucking clear (laughs) i usually only make new friends with women um, I also have no space for male friendships and men are the worst friends. So like maybe Jack, this information is not good for the men and the male listeners. I just know that as a woman, women are usually very good at being friends and you can like chop it up with any, wherever you go as a woman, you can be, can be at the grocery store. It's just like dating grocery store, bar, at the bookstore, you just start chopping it up and you see if, and the, what's cool thing about now is you got social media. You don't have to exchange phone numbers. You can exchange social media and then social media lets you go like, okay, is this bitch an anti-vaxxer? Like, you know, you can get like more information <laughs> yeah, off of their Instagram and it's beautiful. That's great. Yep, yep, and, yep. Yeah. It's great. And it's slow. Like, I think the other issue with a lot of people being scared to make friends, you don't have to rush into that shit. Like, you just start chopping it up a little bit, exchange the social medias, and then, you know, give it some time. Um, you also have to be weary of, of people who want to, like, hang out all the time when they, when you're first becoming friends. Right. That's dangerous because you're like, this is weird. You don't have any other friend. Like, how Jack would probably be if, if somebody tried to make friends with him. He'd be like, let's right. hang out Plenty. all the time. You know, and it's like, Jack, come on. Get yeah. a life. Suspicious. Yeah, I've been told that people in their thirties don't do sleepovers, uh, and Jack, you know, that's what the calling. hell? <laughs> What's wrong with you, bro? No, it's just fun to like do a sleepover, watch a VHS, and sleep on the uh, living room floor. You know what? I actually have to go. I'm gonna log off. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> this is getting weird. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. And we're back. So we're starting to see some something that I was kind of asking why it wasn't happening more uh, towards the end of last week, which is some social pressures being put on people who are avoiding the vaccine. Last week, we were covering how anti-vaxxers were putting pressure on <laughs> vaccinated people to like not be vaccinated. We talked about an Airbnb where people were saying, sorry, we don't allow you to stay at our house if you've taken an experimental vaccine recently. An experimental vaccine, ma'am. I don't want to be at your house anymore anyway. So thank you for this letter. This is very helpful to me. Right. So there was a New York Times article about place in northern Louisiana County or parish, I guess they're called, where they have like this top public health official who's like won all these awards and she's like trying to get people to be vaccinated. And they just did a description of like the town hall meeting was like. So let me just read from that. 
Candy Peavy, a resident, had warned that the Biden administration would send people door to door to document unvaccinated Americans, a false but widespread conspiracy theory. Not only that, Ms. Peavy had told the hundreds in attendance but the vaccine was an experimental gene therapy that had killed thousands in the United States. Ah! We should refuse to be tracked, discriminated against, bribed, controlled, threatened, shamed, or coerced into compliance, she had shouted to applause. And then, so this top health official who won a lot of awards, has a, you know, probably a PhD and MD, calmly began a practiced monologue on the vaccine. It does not integrate into one's DNA, she said. No one in Louisiana has died from the vaccine, one of the safest ever produced. Several women yelled and swore at her before they were asked to leave. <laughs> so I just feel like that that meeting is just really sets up the dynamic of mm. what we're dealing with. It's like some like Salem scientific... witch trials shit. Yeah, it really is. That's really wild. Um, I want to have such empathy for these people. Because I want to be an empathetic person. I I want to be able to understand and and empathize. Even with people who hate me. That's like the biggest goal. I'm nowhere near there. I'm not that enlightened yet. If you hate me, it's not on site because I'm not a fighter. But I also deeply hate you and I'll do anything to ruin your life. But I, I want <laughs> to be that bigger person. Yeah. And I, I, I know that there's so much misinformation spread around. And I know that a lot of this is brewed into a cultural divide that has nothing to do with a lot of individuals and something that they were either raised in or or societally from their neck of the woods neighborhood pushed into. But also, I'm just sort of at the point of like, well, then you're going to die. And I don't know what else to do about it. Like, I, if local nurses and doctors who are like, hey, every day I have a young, healthy person come in here with COVID, and right before I intubate them, I have to tell them that, no, they cannot now get the vaccine because it's too late and chances that they're going to die are very high because they didn't protect themselves. I, I do yeah. think that it, it might be time just to push forward and start with the bullying. I mean, gently, but, you know, mm. at this point mm. in time, like, no, you cannot come on this cruise, Karen. We are going to airlift you out. No, you can't come <laughs> into my house or be anywhere near my children. You're not vaccinated. They can't get vaccinated yet. That's freaking ridiculous. No, you can't come into Walmart. You can't go to the movie theater. Stay your ass at home. You don't want to get vaccinated, fine, but keep your germs to yourself. It's re beyond ridiculous. I want to go outside. I'm tired. <laughs> I just I just think it's funny that like they are so aggressive, so confident, so disrespectful to people who aren't who are vaccinated. And mm -hmm. it's it's almost like they're trying to act like that's how we're being, which we are not. We have not been that way. Like we've been trying to be patient and understanding. And also when the vaccine the rollout first happened, it was like we we're trying to, you know, older people first and, you know, doing doing shit in order to be to be thoughtful. And they were acting like we were pushing it down their throat and we hadn't been. And now I'm like totally like, yeah, let's fucking start pushing this shit down their throat because that is what they, if they could do it, they would. They can't do it because they have no control over the situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also just find it amusing. What I had a, a quote unquote fan. I I could care less. I hope it, I hope I hope he stops being my fan because he is an anti vaxxer and he was like, oh, I'm I would never like try to make someone feel bad for being vaccinated. I was like, yeah, you shouldn't, you idiot. Like, there's nothing. There's no reason to make me feel bad. Like, I'm doing fine. I'm doing. I'm being. I'm totally healthy. And I'm happy to be vaccinated. And it's that thing of like, but I am going to make you feel stupid for not being vaccinated because, baby, you are. Yeah. 
is it is it too out of pocket to suggest we go to anti-vaxxer rallies and just pinprick people? I didn't feel my shot when it went in my arm. You don't feel it until the next day. And then they'll just be like, so oh, easy. that's probably a yeah. bee sting. That's, it's fine. It's cool. Yeah. You're good. And then they're back. They don't Give even know the difference. Yeah. One hitter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like it from the perspective of, of you being black and being like, yo, y'all used to experiment on us. So fuck y'all. The tables have <laughs> right. turned, bitch. I'm freaking your ass. <laughs> The thing that that, meant to start. <laughs> the thing from the New York Times article that kind of got me stuck was that they were saying like treating going door to door to see if people are vaccinated mm. as though it was like some bad conspiracy theory and not like what we should totally be doing. Mm, mm, mm. Like why why shouldn't we be going door to door and like asking people if they've been vaccinated and trying to get them to be And vaccinated? not just that because some people can't get vaccinated because they don't have the resources. They that can't part. just hop on the bus or ha- hop in their car and just go to the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like mm-hmm. some people have kids yeah. that they, they can't get babysitting, uh, babysitters caregiving for. They can't take a break. They can't, they they need it to come to their house. I was reading an article about this, this doctor who she was like, it's been so hard. And we've tried to go door to door. She's like, but the thing that has been most efficient are these block parties. We've been started to throw block parties that has the vaccine there and people come and they come with their loved ones and their loved ones are with them. And they just, we're, we have this information, we walk them through it. And because they, they started noticing that when they would give this information and people were down to vaccinate and they would set an appointment, they wouldn't come to the appointment. But if you have these conversations right then and there and and their loved ones are with them, they all feel more calm about it, you know, because they're not on fucking Facebook reading the friend of a friend's bullshit ass conspiracy Facebook post because that's the shit that's stressing people out is all the misinformation. Yeah. You know, these fools Thousands. love uh, conspiracy theory. So I, I am really, listen, if we can't do it in a way that is humanitarian and sweet and invested in community, like by throwing these block parties, then yeah, I think I'm going to be like, this is for Henrietta Lacks and just like start jabbing people with needles <laughs> I love it. at anti-vaccine events. All right, a plan. I also uh, wonder if we should. I think we should start a conspiracy theory about vaccines being good. Like, how do we? How do we get that going? <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's the only way right. to get in their head. Get some fucking Ben Shapiro type to like be like, I actually heard, and then it's, it's actually going right. to give you a big day, yeah. guys. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Tucker Carlson thing he's doing is he's like, actually, he's not even. But the way that Fox News is doing it is like they'll say in one moment, like, guys, you need to get vaccinated. But then they'll go into, like, these very entertaining stories that are, like, red meat for the type of people who watch Fox News that are, like, conspiracies and about, like, social control. And so they're, like, making the fun part the fucking anti-vaxxer part and then, like, covering their ass by doing, like, a disclaimer, which nobody's going to pay attention to because that's not the part that sticks in their brain. But one one thing that people are doing is basically making it so that your job requires you to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I'm very pro this. And but the other yes. issue, and going back to like, oh, the WalMarts, you know, getting people to have to prove to to prove vaccination before entering, is that a lot of these companies are run by conservatives, Republicans, and anti-vaxxers. Like mm-hmm. that. That's the mm-hmm. other core issue. I have a friend who. Her her boss is like trying to get her to go into the office and they're trying to be like, yo, I, we I think we should wait a second. 
And he's like against people showing because they had suggested, why don't we prove if people are vaccinated in order for them to come to the office? And he was like, I don't think that's a good idea. That's in a violation of people's privacy. And she's like, mm. he's not vaccinated. He's an anti-vaxxer. Like, right. that's what that Clearly. shit is. And that's what's fucking crazy. This idea that this is an invasion of privacy is so beyond my capability yeah. of understanding. Like, if you want to go to schools for a long time, you had to have certain vaccine vaccines. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to different countries, you need to be vaccinated for certain things. Like, mm-hmm. this is just how globally we protected each other for a very yeah. long time. Not a new idea. So the idea of like a vaccine passport being people always want to compare it to like it's like making Jewish people wear the star of date. Like, no, it's not the same thing. This is not a way to identify who you are culturally and to push you out of society. It's simply saying, hey, you're safe to enter so you don't die and you don't kill other people. It's like, that is bizarre to me. And if we look at like, we have a bunch of uh, healthcare professionals who have like different unions who come together to be like, hey, it should be mandatory if you're going to work in healthcare to have a vaccine, to have gotten these vaccines so you don't spread COVID, which has overtaxed our system for the past year and a half. And the fact that we have to even convince healthcare workers, and I've talked to people in healthcare who are like, this is so silly. I'm not getting vaccinated. And that blows my mind. Like, you are yeah. working in a hospital during a pandemic and it still doesn't register. This stuff is so deep and ingrained into a certain sect of the American population. And it's incredibly scary that you can be a part of this industry and still not see the value of getting yourself vaccinated, like protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. But that's, yeah. that's just not how they see it. I mean, that's the issue, right? That's not how they see it. They don't see it as protecting yourself. They see it as an invasion of their body, you know? Right. It's like these motherfuckers really will fucking go anywhere, eat anything, get fucking shit-faced, be hungover for two days, and they're just like, a vaccine! They'll fucking do coke. from a, They'll buy cocaine from a guy they don't <laughs> off fucking of like know. like a toilet yeah, off, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some guy <laughs> they don't know. It's laced with God knows what. They're just like, a right. vaccine is a little too far. Yeah, can't trust it. It, to your point, Marcella, about like the people who are actually enforcing the need to be vaccinated being not the best people in the world, the NFL over the weekend, a an NFL assistant coach got fired for refusing to get vaccinated. And there's another assistant <laughs> that is probably not going to be with the team because he's refusing to get vaccinated. So players won't have to get the vaccine but they will be forced into various like protocols and testing and other annoying shit if they refuse, which I think is probably like, again, we just need to make not getting the vaccine the hard decision. But no, but like, NFL, keep that energy annoying. across the board. Like if you're firing yeah. coaches and stuff, then you got to be firing players. And I know their concern is, well, do we have enough players to make a team? Your benches are deep enough. And if not, Pause your games. This isn't, it's bananas. Bananas that you're taking these people yeah. all across the country, staying in hotels, like attending what are essentially mass, not contamination. What is the word I'm looking for? Mass spreader. Thank you. Uh, these mass yeah. spreader events, like d- watching the NBA finals was the trippiest. I was like looking at the guys in, <laughs> what was it, Michigan? Wisconsin? No, I don't know. One of those states. Yeah. The fact that they were like, <laughs> they're like, there's, 5,000, 10,000 people just standing out here in a crowd, not a mask in sight, cheering, mouths open, like, things have to be done because I just don't, I don't personally see people staying inside anymore. I think people are really done with that. And I don't think we can push, I I really don't think we can push society another quarantine. I think people are so beyond it that the only thing to do is to encourage, force, penalize people for not getting the vaccine. It's just time. 
I hope it, yeah. we do shut the shit down and then everything falls apart because at this point, what the fuck is going on? Burn it all down. Yeah. I'm about that too. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about the future of racist policing. The future, Ooh. baby. The racist yeah. policing been here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, but they have found new and new innovative and, ways. New and innovative <laughs> ways to be a racist policeman. <laughs> so Tampa Bay police are reaching out to people in their community, letting them know that they've been selected, identified as like the the wording in the letter actually makes it seem like you've won a fucking like prize or been admitted to like some prestigious institution what they're actually saying is we've identified you as a likely criminal and we're going to be watching your ass. So crazy. It's so fucking bizarre. And like the data they're using is criminal history and also your social networks. So they're like pulling data from like, I'm assuming social media mm-hmm. to like figure out, like to put into their bullshit algorithm that they then will like visit you without reason the police will just show up at your house they will just like keep tabs on you they one person who was part of this program described being like cited for having grass that was too long now so they're just like yeah (laughs) they're just basically looking for an excuse basically once you've made their fucking their list that is horrifying Every time the police do anything that I know they view as benevolent, right? Like, this idea is like, oh, this is going to really protect our community because we're going to get a chance to, like, get ahead. Or when they were stopping people on the road, like, putting on their lights and sirens and handing out turkeys, they were like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Like, how, like, do you think you just gave someone a mild heart attack? You took years off a person's life pulling them over for no damn reason. And to be, like, beyond racially profiled, it's something to be out in the streets and racially profiled. Most people of color have had that happen at some point where someone is just extra watching them. To first be notified that you're on an officer's list is terrifying. But then to have somebody constantly just roaming around, knocking on your door, just being like, hey, just making sure you're not committing crimes today. Like, you have nothing better to do. You have nothing better. You're, And I'd be interested to look into Tampa Bay's actual, like, effective rate, their rate of solving crimes. Because the more we look around, like, what, what are the actual effects of a police department? Like, outside of you guys saying that you're doing good and that you're going to show up and be there and blah, 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 what is your actual effect? It's very low. They don't solve crimes. If you've ever had mm-hmm. to report a crime that's happened to you, police do not care. They don't care that your phone was stolen. They don't care that you were attacked in the street. They don't care. They, they, they oftentimes blame individuals. They oftentimes shrug their shoulders like, not my jurisdiction, can't help you. Like, there's so little actual community involvement and service happening in police departments. Now, stuff like this happens. I'm like, this is just criminal. This is nothing more than y'all being bullies. And it's horrifying for the poor people of Tampa who've done probably done nothing wrong and or just have a cousin who got out of lockup and now suddenly they're on someone's list because they follow each other on social media. What is the point of this? Where's the effectiveness? How is this building community? I just like that this is like the MLK of policing. They're like, we're not going to arrest you based off the color of your skin, but the content of your social media. (laughs) What the fuck is going on here? They're like, we heard you. We heard you last summer. So now we're going to do it based off what you post. It's like, bro, that's not how this shit works. Imagine like like a a 13-year-old boy who just loves the worst kind of rap and just put like uses the captions 
for his like Im- Im- like pictures. He posts selfie and then he just captions it with some stupid ass rap lyric, and then and then that gets used against you. That's, yeah, that's bonkers. No, the Times also found that the agency has a separate program that uses school children's grades, attendance records, oh, and abuse histories to no. label them potential future criminals. Yeah. My child, were you sexually assaulted as a minor? Great. Now your honor list will be watching you forever. Wow. Right. Looking for an excuse. Bro, these, these kids can't even get free meals at school, but they're getting fucking free monitors. Oh right. Oh, my God. There's also a technology called a shot spotter, which is like oh a sonic God. device that detects gunshots and where they're coming from or tries to do that is very, you know, studies have shown it's not very successful. It creates a lot of false positives. But in theory, the police are able to make a case for like, hey, this works in theory and we want to like get to shootings quickly. What it does in practice is, first of all, they only put them up in non-white neighborhoods. Of course. Mm-hmm. And then... Then you have the police like rushing to the scene of what might be a fucking firecracker with the assumption in their head that there's going to be an armed person there and that anybody they see is a possible threat. And so you're just you're you're just creating opportunities for the very types of policing that we've we've seen just destroying America. Well, and super producer Justin told me that they're like police will reach out to shot spotter and be like, uh, hey, can you just make it like six blocks to the left? Mm-hmm. And Shot Spotter's like, yeah, sure. That's where the sound came from now. Which is, of course, evidence they're going to use not just to arrest you, but potentially in your trial. Like these apps, you know, Ring has obviously been accused of this as well, of basically saying like, oh, hey, here's some footage from a random person's house. You can have that police. Like without any kind of due process or checks and balances, we really, it's in, like, imperative that we get a hold of these apps and these companies that have our data and make sure they're being used in ways that are not like civil violations right it's just what happened to the right to bear arms i don't understand how like everybody's all like yeah we're pro guns unless you live in the hood if you live in the hood then that's when you can't have a gun that shit don't make no fucking sense yeah, we talked about how Philando Castile was like a mm-hmm. big NRA mm-hmm. member, like had the NRA handbook yep. in his car with him. And when he told the cop, hey, I, I need to let you know that I have a gun that I'm licensed to carry. That's actually like word for word from the NRA's mm-hmm. handbook of like how to inform an officer that you have a firearm that is registered. And he was shot, and the NRA didn't say shit. He was killed. Shit. He was killed. He was, was he was murdered. Clear. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. murdered by a, a cop, and the the NRA didn't say shit. Of course not. It's fucking bonkers. This shit, this double standard yeah. shit, is wild. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. by design. They have never wanted black people to have guns. That's yeah, like their worst nightmare. No. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So there was a cookout. Someone noticed that the children who were at this cookout under the age of 10 were acting weird, quote unquote. And it turned out they had eaten a bunch of edibles that they thought were just regular. I mean, when you look at the packaging, they couldn't look any more like the watermelon Sour Patch Kids. Not only is the candy designed to look like that, but the the packaging is designed to look like that. I mean, it, thankfully, they didn't eat 
eat so many that it was a health problem. I can't imagine like the eight year old mind fuck of like, <laughs> of, Mickey like Mouse getting high for the first time. To you. Yeah. Hey, let's go outside. <laughs> and kids are like my my five year old is basically like perma stoned. Like the shit that he says just make like sounds. Like the other day, I asked me how his bones move him. Oh wow, that's a good question, like, kids. It's on mushrooms or what? Yeah, <laughs> and but He's like, so I wonder. So <laughs> I I do wonder though, like, what a five year old on edibles would like. They, I'm I'm just so mad at the story that they didn't tell us what the like weird behavior was that's like, true because <laughs> children's imagination is like the most i mean the most incredible the most inspiring that's why they always tell you as in your adult just remember your childhood imagination and try to tap into that because it's like bro yeah imagine being high and mickey starts talking to you and you're just like i'm fucking hanging out with mickey mouse right or whatever like teletubbies imagine being high as a child and the teletubbies come to life in your backyard that would be fucking sick yeah the first time I got high and I wasn't expecting to get high because I was told that you like the first time you smoke, you don't get high. And then it's like the second time that you actually. Uh, but I took like a a foot long bong rip and then like was like, all right, and then we'll smoke tomorrow and I'll actually get high. And then I went into my <laughs> dorm room and like the Godfather poster on my wall because I was a teenage boy started like the cat literally started moving on my on the poster on my wall Wait, how old I, are you did you say i was 18 oh okay i mean that's still a child technically yeah and i i fucking i freaked out so bad i like made my friend wake up and like tell me that everything was gonna be okay <laughs> and, then, and then he went around i was in a dorm he went around and woke all our friends up and then like brought them into my room to laugh at me. That's uh, great. We know one, one time I was at a family party and uh, my nephew, he must have been like, what, how old are kids when they're teething? Oh, man. Uh, two. Two. Okay. So yeah. he was around there and um, we, there was like one of those like punch, like drink things, drink dispensers that had like a bunch. So I was like tasting each one with him, like trying to play. And so he was teething. He was like a grumpy little g- guy. And my sister was like, you could tell she was just didn't have enough sleep because he was teething and she had her other daughter, too. And she was a little older. So she was just overwhelmed. So I was like, give me him for the party. I'll take him for the party. He's mine. So I'm like <laughs> testing these drinks. I'm drinking them first. So I'm letting him have them. drinking it, letting him have it. Right. And there's four. And when I get to the fourth one, I pour it and I just let him have it. Bitch, it was alcohol in that motherfucker. <laughs> and, and then like literally like whatever, five, ten minutes later, he is just so happy just yes. having the best time yeah. of his life no toothache i'm i realized it immediately i because he tastes but he was drinking it that was the thing when he sipped it he was like oh this shit is fucking good which alcoholism <laughs> yeah. runs in our family good to know it starts young yeah. and yeah and then i drank it because he was so into it and i was like oh fuck this is alcohol and i didn't want to tell my sister i didn't even tell her i didn't tell her until <laughs> years passed and um, but it was just funny because i and i the only reason i even told her is because i felt so bad because at that party you could tell you know, because sometimes when parents, especially mothers, when they can't do something and then someone else just comes in and does it well, it makes them feel terrible. So she was feeling terrible, like, wow, like I can't get my teething baby to cry- stop crying and soothe him. And she just does it. She just comes in and does it at a party. Like she had that look on her face like she wanted to cry because I had him like laughing. And I didn't have the heart to tell her at that time. But eventually I told her. 
But um, <laughs> that shit was hella funny, though. I'll say that because he was a right. ball of joy. He didn't give no fuck about that toothache. Our grandpappies <laughs> knew. They were like, just run a See, little huh? drum on their gums yep. and they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to like justify it that way, like food. it'll be fine. But he definitely yeah. drank way too much. <laughs> I was like, let me get him a McDonald's cheeseburger, so he just chills out. I mean, shout out to whoever mixed that punch because, like, what, if a kid can't taste it, like they did a they did a great job. Yeah, it was, and it was, I mean, it was pretty strong. He just didn't give a fuck, grimy ass little boy. <laughs> but I do wonder, like, if it sort of. Like with weed, because kids are already like in that mind space, if it like if they suddenly like turn into adults because they're like you're there, it has like some reverse property. I love or the something. idea of like, a five year old getting high and be like, 9 11 was an inside job, mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I could see that. No, it wasn't Stephen. How? Why is he talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I can just like picture the this whole thing. So they like rushed these five kids to the hospital, and they they were all fine. But but CPS was called. Pre- now all wild. the parents are in prison. Oh no! Yeah. What, do we know the race of these children? Girl, you know the race of these children. If it's in the fucking news, you know goddamn well what the race of these children are. <laughs> oh, everything is fine. We wrote a news story about it. Guess the race. Well, yes, white. Yeah. They were black. We would be reading a totally different story. Ooh, right. too true. It was in, I think, Canada as well. Yeah, it was. Okay. I bet it was. All right. Don't give a fuck. They're free health care and shit. They're just like, let's get take these stoned-ass kids to the hospital. No sweat off our back. Fuck yeah. them. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Rick Lax. So, you've probably seen. Had you guys heard that name before, Rick Lax? No, but it sounds no. like a really catchy name for a laxative. I was gonna say right. Rick Lax. So he's apparently the king of viral videos on Facebook, mm-hmm. which is just not. I haven't been on Facebook like actually just looking for something to entertain me uh, in probably over a decade. And but, you know, he apparently has that market cornered. People who pay attention on Facebook, like know his name. So we've we've also seen like these things like table nachos where somebody just like lays a bunch of chips out on a table and like puts cheese on them or table spaghetti where they're always so proud of themselves, too. Yeah. So that's (laughs) a spaghetti o pie, which is just spaghettios dumped into a pie crust and then like the most half-assed garlic bread over the top, and then they bake it, and they're like, this is, you know, my best yet. And there's, yeah, there's, like, pride, but there's also, like, a tinge of, like, it feels like porn acting, where there's, like, I don't know, they you, they so don't good. quite seem like they're, <laughs> they're uh, <laughs> actually genuinely in this in this moment having this experience. And... So we had speculated at the time of the the spaghetti video where the person just like pours spaghetti sauce on the table and then puts pasta on top of it and then meatballs and with like mixes it up. With her bare hands. With her bare hands. It's all happening with bare hands. We had speculated like maybe this is a fetish video. Turns out there's like one guy lacks productions behind all of these videos. He's a magician. <laughs> Some of the women doing the gross shit with the food are his magician's assistants. And wow. his verified page has 14 million followers. And he also has 
1.4 million followers on a page called Rick Lacks Has Fun. It's it's similar to like the ASMR videos where it's like you know there's a fetish, but like it, it's nobody's admitting it. Nobody's like uh, the people who specialize in the videos are not like yeah 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 no people are totally jerking off to this. Wait, is it the uh, same and- guy that? I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here. I was trying to read this quickly, but is this the same guy that, no, go ahead. Ma- that makes these videos so that black Twitter catches on to them and shits on them and ma- helps them go viral? Yeah. Right? It's this oh, guy. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't the, the, because the idea behind them, it, like on top of being like just ridiculous, is like, I, I think you guys talked a couple days ago about how having extremely divisive opinions on social media is how you garner followers. So the right. idea is, hey, here's a bunch of like really awful videos and black specifically. It, I think it started on black Twitter, but has definitely migrated over to black Instagram when there are videos without seasoning. You know, you have used to have these old companies like um, Taste Made and a few others. BuzzFeed Food did it for a while, too. Where they make these videos. And I'd be like, there's no seasoning on this. And the Latinx community <laughs> jumped in too. And they'd be like, this is not how you make an elote. Like, get a life and, and learn what you're doing or hire actual people of color. Bon appetit. So anyway, all of that happened. And then this guy starts making these videos that are beyond the pale. Like, like no one's right. going to eat this. No one's going to make their counters that, you know, gross and disgusting. And now there's an entire like genre of influencer who just watches and reacts to this video. So if you take right. like the YouTube react videos to different, like, you know, they were reacting to trailers and then video games and then streams. Now these guys are reacting to these bad food videos. And it's, listen, it's an industry. It, it It's making money. People are doing yeah. things with it. Trying I'll tell you what, involved. Rick Lax is pissed. <laughs> Rick Lax really? is pissed that people are making money off of his videos without a... Uh, him making a, a cut of it. Welcome to the I internet. Love I love that. I love that he <laughs> thinks he discovered a magic trick, and it's like, bro, everybody's been hating on white people not being able to cook forever. You just right. you just taped it. Also, if you didn't figure <laughs> out how to use your 14 million followers to get advertising dollars, right, that's right. on you. Okay, I get like 20 emails a day being like, "Hey, want to use your social media for dollars? How can we do that with you?" Somebody has definitely reached out to you. You could have reached out to somebody, found a good partnership. SpaghettiOs almost assuredly would have been like, yes, we would like to be mentioned two million times. Here's a couple thousand dollars. Thank you for right. your help. Figure that out, darling. Yeah. I wonder how much, because he's a magician and like magicians are kind of good at like breaking things down to the component, like illogical dynamics that make it like entertaining or make make it like trick people i do wonder like he's not he's not saying it. he's like i'm not a foodie i'm not an expert uh calling the recipes gross i would object to that so i mean he sounds like a complete fucking idiot but uh <laughs> he's like, if, he, if he's really off the table what what you would yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean the the level of commentary on like white people cooking on top of like whatever fetish it is on top of like I feel like there's just this is a very specific type of internet era content where it like checks three boxes like two of them accidentally and (laughs) it's just like 
it becomes a genre because like then he's like okay well so uh randomly spaghetti o pie is our biggest hit of february so uh we have 10 videos coming out this week that's all about like people doing like basically the same shit Mm -hmm. i this is how i feel about a lot of children's content like a lot of the if you go on youtube like the children's videos that have like 13 billion views are just like the most random, strange, like kind of dream logic y weird things that are bad. Like, but they just <laughs> are accidentally like hitting on something that is like hardwired into the brain. Right. So it's just it's it's just this weird like scatter shot of like human desires that we're like coming into contact with because uh the internet is such a, a weird, disturbing place. Just like call me daddy. I would just encourage your listeners <laughs> to stop hate sharing things. Like, I feel like that's the root of the problem here is that people love to hate share. You know, like the people love to dunk on somebody. People you got to stop doing that shit. That's just such a fucking that's backwards. You know, people that you like and, and enjoy, you should be supporting them. And, you know, when somebody that you like says something funny or posts something funny, you should be sharing that shit as opposed to just being like, oh, my God, look at this stupid fucking video i would never make this how disgusting and then it's like guys you're just (laughs) perpetuating this shit you know Mm -hmm. there's i have such mixed feelings about it because on the one hand there's things where i'm like sometimes you can hate share something that's bad but good bad you know what i mean uh for me emily in paris is one of those phenomenons where i'm like oh girl (laughs) this is all this is atrocious like how did this get made this is all kinds of wild but watching it brought such a sense of community of people just being like, please don't be Emily in Paris. Don't don't be that American when you leave. And that can be kind of fun. On the other hand, there's such a lack of curation. I think in the, just in general, in this era, everyone is just like, just pump out as much as you can. Just go. Yeah. Is it good? We don't care. We don't have time to care. Just release it. And, and hopefully we get some followers. Did it, does it reach a couple demographics? Great. Next. There's not a lot of time being put into really like crafting masterpiece. Or if it is, it's done with people who already have just an insane amount of money. And, you know, that's not of consequence to them. I wonder if we'll see a backlash from this of people being like, you know, I would rather have my content just hyper curated. I don't want to be dealing with the shenanigans. I don't want to watch six YouTube videos until I find one that's, you know, really good and, and is actually talking about the things I'm trying to investigate. I kind of hope so, because uh, while it's, it's great for creators, that there's an opportunity to constantly be pumping these out to fail and and succeed and to then build an audience around what is successful. There's that that area of the internet is is really fun and, and I think it's given a lot of people an opportunity who wouldn't otherwise have had one. But I also think, you know, there are definitely uh spaces where curation could be of great value, not just to the people creating, yeah. but to people trying to access those creations. I mean, I feel like that might be what TikTok is, right? Yeah. I also I have to correct you. Sorry, it's Emily Imperi. That's the name of the show. I don't know. It's just driving me crazy. I couldn't hear a word you said after that. I was like, Emily Imperi. Great. You know? You gotta do what you gotta do. I feel like the hyper curated like single channel, I feel like when you said that, that made me think of TikTok and like the the way that I for people who like spend a lot of time on TikTok, like the way that I hear it working on them is like you it takes all decisions out of it and it's just like a 
you know, hyper intelligence that's good at learning, like the videos that you respond to. And it's like, feeds it to you in a feed. Right. Right. That's the kind of life you live. Damn, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you like blondes, right? Done. Here you go. A sea of them. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even worry about the people that created this. Uh, Not worth mentioning. Yeah, like all machine learning is definitely influenced by whatever the people choosing mm-hmm. to who like or, originally created it and like the uh, self-selection of like what the algorithm is being fed in the first place. So not a good thing for yes. sure. TikTok, I'm going to go out on a limb and say not great. Not great. Not awesome. Damn, Jack, you got those crazy opinions on this podcast. Huh? <laughs> yeah, wild take. Wild take. <laughs> we're we're going to put that in a splash that we put on like a, <laughs> get ready for yeah. the fire take. Back, back to back, you Not and great. Jack. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm blowing on my finger <laughs> like it's a gun. <laughs> no. That's funny. Did you guys see this unvaccinated snow leopard at San Diego Zoo catches COVID-19? Oh, my gosh. No. I just wanted to mention it because it's pretty funny. Who got close enough to the leopard? What zookeeper has done this? (laughs) (laughs) Some anti-science zookeeper? That's what I'm saying. It's rampant. It's all about instinct. It's all about instinct. Jack, make that character. (laughs) Uh, Zoos, animals, all about instinct, baby. Uh, Well, Marcella, it has been uh, such a pleasure having you as always. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Where can people find you and follow you? You can find me at Marcella Comedy on everything. I'm also, I have a new podcast with Nicole Thurman called The Scroll Down on HeadGub. So check that out. I know she was on here recently and she's fantastic. So um, I'm glad mm. you guys had her on. And yeah, this Saturday, July 31st, I'm at the Bell House in New York City. Other dates are coming unless the Delta variant shuts everything down. But right now I'm focusing on Saturday in New York. Come out. Yeah, yeah. Get there, Zeitgang. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? There is. There, um, I have to, well, here it is. Um, Robbie Goodwin, at Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E Goodwin, said, Being a Kanye fan makes me understand QAnon. And I just <laughs> really enjoyed that because I used to be such a hardcore Kanye fan. And I'm, and then the Trump thing made me be like, you know what? I really got to really gotta let this uh, shit go because at this point, so right. I really related to that tweet a lot. Because I used to be like that mm. person that would always defend him and shit. And then w- he put that MAGA hat on and I was like, dog, no. Uh, like, you lost yeah. me on that. Yeah, like, no. ugh. Yeah. I used to be like defending him during the whole like him versus Taylor Swift thing. And then. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, we get that. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. But, <laughs> you know, I always want. I, I, I remember dying for the album after the divorce i was like that album after the divorce is gonna be bomb but now i I actually don't feel that way anymore because so much shit has shifted in his brain and and in his life that i'm like i don't even know if this is going to be worth listening to but maybe i don't i doubt it yeah i've gone from critiquing kanye to being genuinely concerned about kanye i mean like i really hope someone Mm -hmm. in his camp is going to pull him because we're we're entering britney 2007 territory potentially and that's not it's not fun or funny. It's just very sad. Right. Yeah. And, and worse, because he's a man. So, like, the toxic masculinity is on another level. You know, like, Brittany, that was, like, her Truly. saving grace. So she doesn't have that in her blood, you know? Mm. God, right. I could grow on and on about these celebrities. I swear to God, I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Catch me on the scroll uh, down. <laughs> yeah, the scroll down. Sounds like a good place to get more of that. 
I love it. I uh, can't Joel, wait to where listen. can people find you and follow you? Uh, y'all know me at Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. Uh, Jason Diamond at I'm Jason Diamond tweeted, it's wild how fast the discussion went from making fun of The Rock's old style choices like the fanny pack to how every big fit you like on Instagram is basically something he wore during the Attitude Era and then post mm-hmm. four phenomenal photos of The Rock in an outfit many people would kill for today. Someone responded, he's an icon for a reason and I can't agree more. Listen, the Rock, infallible. Please don't run for president, The Rock. Just keep being great. Just keep making <laughs> yeah. good movies. Keep, keep joking about it. And I'm like, it's not funny. I don't want it. I just want him to be hot in movies. Have an adventures. That's it. That's your area. And you're great at it. Joel, what do you think of the hat that he's in in Jungle Cruise? That that hat makes his <laughs> the top of his head look small to me in, uh, a, in a weird way. It's the first know, time that I've disagreed with a, a single article of clothing The Rock has put on. I have many a friend who is a hyper Disney nerd. That is someone who visits the park more than four times a year. And they would say... Virgin! Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Most of them are married. It doesn't mean anything. They said I would change what I just said. Uh, Listen, listen, listen. I feel you. Uh, It's ride accurate. It's ride accurate. And so from that perspective, like... Yay for people who are really into the rides. On the other hand, The Rock is one of those people whose body has now grown larger than his head. Sports people mm-hmm. do this a lot where they're like, listen, I got to get jacked. But your head can't grow muscle. So it right. stays the same size. I wish your head had can't bro- grow as much muscle. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Steroids can, can expand a little bit, a little bit, but not as much as it can expand your shoulders and your neck, which will, yeah. you know, dwarf your head. You know, we have, we live in an era of large brimmed hats now. I feel like we could have really gone the extra mile and really helped elevate it. But they yeah, didn't do that. And exactly. so here we are. Uh, and it's like, I love how good. diplomatic you're being. I love how diplomatic. It's, it's like she knows very, the rock is she's a big, very Yeah, she very much has a boner for the rock. And that, that defense really was, we learned a lot about you in that moment. Because that was really a long way to go to defend that stupid ass hat on that attractive man. <laughs> He's so fine. Uh, oh my god! Tweets. I don't want to lose his <laughs> my celebrity love for him. But every day, it's like, is this the day? Is this the day I can no longer love the, the rock? Day? Oh my god! <laughs> so scary. That's hilarious. Is this the day? <laughs> <laughs> Over the weekend, I was really enjoying the old tweets, <laughs> the tweets about M Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old. Yes, one that I liked was from Felipe Torres Medina tweeted M. Night Shyamalan stays in the pool for too long takes a look at his fingers and says holy (laughs) shit (laughs) that's funny you can find me on twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien you can find us on twitter at Daily Zeitgeist we're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram we have a Facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Uh, Super producer Justin, what song are we going to tell people to go check out? There's a really good song by J-Rob called Amen, featuring Blue November, Lauren True, and Garrett Odom. It's a really nice summer vibe. If you like hip-hop, you'll really enjoy this song. It's like a jazz sample in the background, Ooh. so it's really chill, Ooh. but it's like a like a Saturday barbecue cookout kind of vibe, I feel like. Yes. So if you enjoy that, if you want to get into that, you know, it's kind of weird to start that on a Tuesday, but, you know, 
get into it and hey, uh, take it by never too early you gotta plan you gotta plan the, the saturday barbecue and you gotta plan the playlist so that's yes. where you start you to get the playlist it's still summertime enjoy yourself guys yeah that was also just like a dead-on impression of what a mile song recommendation i know was i was like, this is <laughs> like the- <laughs> yeah. exactly. i have to occupy the lane for a second <laughs> yeah that was beautiful yeah, man. man fuck miles where he at fuck him <laughs> <laughs> thank you all right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And hey, we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.